Optus for his show. They got one tackle. They've got one set. shot. Kiri with a kick. It's a one-on-one oh. contest. Kotrick's got it. The Roosters oh. are gone. The Raiders are through to play the storm. He knew if he left it for Reynolds to go and get it, he'd be waiting for quite some time. Moses puts a couple of grubbers in before Cook picks it up. And then he sprints through. Damien sprints through. Down the right side. Steps again. And Cookie goes in for another try. He's a superstar. He's an absolute superstar. G'day everyone, welcome to episode 223 of Not The Footy Show. I'm Warwick Nicholson and I've got two co-hosts this evening, this afternoon, whatever it is. Uh, One, you cannot even see his uh, face on TV anymore. He's gone all oral B on us and that's Mr. Roberto Cocksmith. Roberto, how are we? G'day mate, how are you doing? Fantastic. And uh, the other man uh, is he's north of the border, but he's also uh, been uh, camped outside the Staples Centre for the last couple of days, I believe. That's Mr. Matthew Duncan, the Closet Laker fan, who's finally out there and saying everybody, uh, LeBron James is better than MJ. Is that what you've been saying for the last uh, two days, mate? No, no, no. I, it's been a, a stressful couple of weeks getting his uh, going all the way. Took time off work to follow the run. So uh, took my holidays, took the punt, and it's, it's all paid off. It's been a, uh, a tough 10 years or so for a, a battling franchise like the Lakers. Mm. It's been a lot longer for me as a Raiders fan. Uh, I got asked a question by my nephew's uh, dad the other day. Oh, how, who's the longest premiership drought going around? It was, it was delightful to be able to say Parramatta uh, as the actual answer. Uh, I'm not going to lie about that since 86, but I think Canberra next uh, with 994. Who's next, lads? Do you have any idea who, uh, who would be the third most uh, or biggest gap between premierships? Uh, the Crushers. <laughs> what old crushes when did the, the Reds when did the Warriors come in so they came in 95 so they're, they're next technically but they ha- hadn't actually I haven't actually won they don't have do you have to win one to have a drought I would have thought you'd need a, to have won one yeah. to have a drought uh, yeah. I think next would be that's a good question um, so if you're, if you're listening out there and you knew the answer uh, congratulations to you uh, Brisbane, 2006 is a long time as well, though, uh, Matthew. So to get a Lakers victory is pretty good for you. Uh, we're at prelim finals week now, lads. The, uh, the most, arguably the most interesting week of, of the finals, I reckon. You've, you've definitely cleared out the duds in the first week of the semis, and that was Newcastle and Cronulla. Then you've got rid of two pretty good sides who ultimately weren't good enough in the semifinal stage, and that's the uh, Roosters, I'm still stunned, and Parramatta, not so stunned. We're left with four teams, lads. Melbourne, Canberra, Friday night. And then on Saturday night, uh, the Bunnies will take on the minor premiers, Penrith. Uh, what's the gut feel right now? The four teams left. Uh, who's uh, number one on your list for the title? Oh, I'll go. Um, I, I think the winner of the premiership will come out of the Canberra Storm game. Whoever that is, that's your winner. Yeah, I, I think the other two will... Uh, be making up the numbers. I've got them clear on top, uh, Storm and Raiders. Roberto? Mm. Uh, yeah, I, look, I think it's going to be a Storm-Penrith grand final. But I'm not sure. I, 
Yeah, look, I think Storm, given that, given they're, they're the number one contender for me, but just because they've been there so often yep. recently and they're just hard to beat in finals and when the games really matter, you know, uh, and especially when, when uh, you know, Commander-in-Chief is there, Mr. Smith. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I've got them slightly ahead of Penrith at the moment. Okay. Right now, I'm going to respect Penrith and what they've done. My, my concern with them remains if they get to the decider and they're behind on the scoreboard, how do they react to that? Because uh, they've been a very much play from in front team, which you do, which you are when you win 19 of 20 games. That's, that's just the reality. And it's just how do they deal with that pressure in, in a big game, whether it's this week against South or in the GF. Well, they, they, they handled it pretty good last week, mate. Last they did. They, played, they, they did. The and then they've had another, another week off. Oh, boys, in the old system, the top five, I thought the, when the Mind Premier got that week off, that was a good thing. And then they got another week off. And then you had that situation where the Mod Premier potentially plays one game in a month before the GF. Is that a bigger disadvantage than the current setup where if you win your first top four game and then you get a week off and you go to the uh, prelim final? Is that, is, what's, what's the bigger disadvantage you reckon as a team? Um, the current top eight system where you get a week off or the old uh, top five Mod Premier? Um, I think... I, yeah, go, mate. Go. Sorry, mate. I waited then. I was just waiting for you. Mate. Um, yeah. you I think I think this year, um, I think any week off is a is a good um, is a good thing, uh, only because they've played a lot of football in a condensed amount of time. Um, I think it. I think it's beneficial now than rather than the way it was before. Only playing, you know, one game of football in three or four weeks probably isn't all that great unless you've got a lot of niggling injuries. So. Yeah. Um, but generally, I think it's better now. Sorry, Matty, go for it. Uh, similar sentiment. I, I think for a team like Penrith, um, who's got the momentum at the moment, I, I think playing every week is what they, they want to do. They're a young team. They've got the momentum. A team like the Storm, I think they would relish weeks off when you, you've got a bloke like Cameron Smith and he can rest, have that extra rest, and they've just got that experience. So I think it comes down to the individual sides. Yeah, it's funny because watching the semi-finals, you definitely feel like there's a massive amount of momentum, massive amount of momentum behind the Raiders and the Bunnies. Yeah, because of the way they uh, they both play on the weekend, and it's funny. Like you, you sit there and you go, "There's no doubt the two best teams that, during the regular season were Melbourne and Penrith." But now they've been cooling their heels for a while. And uh, Melbourne definitely rested all their players in round 20. And then they've played a semi and then they've had another rest. Um, I don't think Canberra did the same thing on, in round 20 as well. But Penrith didn't rest a lot of players in, in round 20. And they've, I've been very open about the fact they wanted to keep playing all their stars throughout the season. Uh, we will get your tips uh, for the prelims coming up shortly. But I wanted to open the show just with you know, where we felt uh, the, the dice... The, or the dice have been rolled or whatever at the moment. I'm still thinking Penrith are up top. Are you, you were Melbourne, weren't you, Matty, basically? Melbourne, yep. yep. And, and Rob, you were still on the Penrith bandwagon? Oh, look, I, I like Penrith, but I just feel that I, I just feel that now we're at the business end. I feel Melbourne are just a, just a millimetre or two in front as far as who I think might win the grand final. Not that I want them to, but I just think that, um, yeah, I think they might be just a bit edgy in front. All right, we'll get into the prelims in a bit more depth and obviously recap the semi-finals from last weekend here in episode 223 of Not The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. Show? 
Have you seen Wayne yet? Yeah, I gave him a cuddle. It was good. He loved it? <laughs> yeah, he did. Thanks for time. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay, boys, it is time to recap the demise of two very good football teams. Uh, one that had won uh, a pair of premierships back-to-back and couldn't quite make it a three-peat in the Roosters and the other one in Parramatta, who, uh, Roberto, you basically uh, forewarned could be going out in straight sets again, and they have, and, mm. and you basically said in the last podcast, how much pressure does that put on Brad Arthur? So we will dissect both of them in the way that we recap uh, the two matches on uh, Friday night, Canberra at 22 to 18 over Melbourne and Parramatta uh, got 24 points again, blew another double digit lead, but done by the bunnies. I think it was uh, 38, 24. Let's start with Parramatta boys. Uh, what do you do if you're Brad Arthur? How did, do you admit that things didn't work again this year and try something else oh. next year? Or what do you do? Yeah, I think you have to admit that mate. There's certain things that aren't working there. Uh, you know, I've been a bit of a critic of Mitchell Moses for, for a while, but he's not their chief playmaker uh, where he should be. He's yep. on playmaker's money. He wears a seven on his back. Um, he just doesn't seem to be uh, the man in the house, um, so to speak. And there's other issues there as well. Uh, look, they see, Parramatta seem to be drive ideas when it really matters, yep. you know. Um, they play a pretty, pretty much a well, you know, you can read how they're playing. Um, they're pretty one dimensional. Uh, and I think it gets them through the season. All right. But when you get to the end of the season, there's nothing left in the tank. And, um, I'm talking about ideas, not so much gas. I, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be under immense pressure, uh, coach Arthur to keep his, keep his job. Um, I know they've just kind of recently re-signed him and, and you know mm. put him on an extended thing, but I don't think that matters, mate. I think I think the proof is in the pudding and what we've seen out of Parramatta, especially in the last four or five weeks of the competition, is really they were just on max revs the whole time and they just weren't getting anywhere. Um, so yeah, that's that's what. Who that's is what uh, we're probably skipping a couple of steps here, but who would be the ideal coach to to take a Parramatta side to that next step? Very good question. Uh, yeah, well, uh, you mean available coaches, or who would be the next kind of coach? Well, I guess, uh, I guess both really. Like, if you, if obviously Robinson and, and Bellamy are your top two picks, mm. but they're guards. Who's who's next? I, look, I think personally, I, I don't think I don't think Arthur's lost the dressing room or anything. I don't think it's that, no. that, that bad. It's not exactly where you're at. You've got that coach that that can get them to the finals every year, but they're just that you need someone to take yeah. them to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they need that. And you just mentioned the two that w- would be ideal. You know, you need that, um, that coach that has another gear that really uses that top gear for the year. Um, mm. They can get through, but it's just, it's like Arthur. I don't know. Cause I don't know the man, but it's like, he doesn't have any other ideas to, to take them up and over the top of, of teams. You know, they, they seem to be playing at their max all year and there's nothing left in the tank. Um, someone like Bellyache, he ain't going there. He's, he's, he'll be in Brisbane next year, mate. He'll be in Queensland anyway, um, or maybe the year after. He'll be coaching, directing from somewhere in Queensland where it's warm. Um, you know, I think I don't think Bennett would be going there. Uh, you know, I don't think they had a. I think they had a pretty darn good coach a few years ago, but he did something wrong. And Daniel Anderson, um, he was a coach that could. Coach a bit. I think he's actually available to coach. He's um he's involved in the north setup. 
I ran, when I was he, running past North Sydney over the other day, he got out of his car. Right? You know those moments where you look at someone and you go, I know who you are. And they, yeah. they look at you like, I know that you know who that I am someone that you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> go at, at Carl's at Noosa one day. So that's, I had a similar experience with Joe Beth. <laughs> Joe Beth Taylor. Wow. Oh, blast from the past. That, that, that's wow. winning the podcast so far, uh, young Matthew. Uh, Parramatta's game plan is all about possession and running through their big guys in the middle. And then they just play off that. So if they don't get a possession run, then Gutho is not as effective. He, look, he played pretty well the other night, um, but ultimately... First half was good. I'll tell you, that First mistake is just... Good. That mistake on the kick is just gigantic. I mean, that said, Tedesco missed the kick from Williams as well. It happens. Um, but yeah, Moses... Look, there was a, a thing put up by The Telegraph, and I called it out on Twitter the other day, and I'm just going to bring it up for you guys. This is, to me, what is massively wrong with... Um, well everything in the way that um, rugby league is reported at the moment. This is the tweet from the Telegraph Sport on October the 11th. <sighs> Mitchell Moses is the NRL's most naturally gifted halfback, period. But he will never be rated with the best playmakers, and t- playmakers until he fixes these problems. I have so much that I dislike about this tweet. But boys, which sentence... Who wrote it? I don't know. I didn't click the link because I have no interest in, in boosting okay. the numbers in regards to that. It feels like a staff writer. It may have been something set on, I don't know, one of the Fox shows or, or something okay. afterwards. But boys, which, yep. which sentence rubs you the wrong way the worst? Mitchell Moses is the NRL's most naturally gifted halfback or... That one, that one. But he will, be never rated, he will never be rated with the best playmakers until he fixes these problems. That's the one that bugs me more than anything. I can, I can deal no. with the pretend comment about his natural gifted but it's the bloke sitting like we are on our couches going or lady going oh if he fixes these things he'll be one of the greatest ever like who what that stuff just it does my head in yeah i i don't look i don't think he's the most naturally gifted half in the comp um and i don't think he'll ever be as good as the best in the comp um you know that's just what i feel i I just I don't think he's got the physical size to be the best in the comp. I don't think he's got the strength to be the best in the comp. He's definitely got confidence, but it's a little bit ill-founded confidence as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Um, you know, he, he there's moments in games where he does things that are... He, you know, I've told you this a couple of years ago was there's a video doing the rounds on YouTube from a couple of years ago. He threw one of the sweetest inside balls I've ever seen in my life. Um, there's little flashes of brilliance, but I don't think that it's, you know... I've, other than their other than their debut game at the new Bankwest Stadium, I don't think I've ever seen him put together an 80-minute performance. Um, and uh, I think he thinks he's better than he actually is. And, and that's always a problem. It's like when you speak to someone who thinks they're the smartest bloke in the room everywhere they go. Um, they're generally not. And they generally can't be taught much because they think they know everything. Yeah. So... Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to beat the guy up, I, you know, better football than I'll ever, ever was and, uh, or ever could be, but, um, it's still you know, time. Rob. You're on the, it's still time. you're on the stage, you're on the stage with the big boys, you know, and if, yeah. if you're going to say that he could be as good as Cleary or Cherry Evans or, uh, recently retired Cronk or, uh, guys in that category, I, I don't think so. Mm. Not going to happen. Matty? You know? Uh, yeah, I agree. I, it just strikes me. Uh, uh, 
halfback is one of those positions where there's a, a huge leap. You, you've kind of got your your run of the run of the mill that can steal a game, maybe four or five games throughout a season, and they get some big headlines. But when it comes to the the business end of the season, they're, they're not they're not going to win you those games. And I think he falls into that category. And we've seen and that, and that's no at all no slur. Um, mm. We've seen hundreds of them in, in just my last 30 years. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's a fair bit off that, that next shelf. And I, I don't know if you can you – know, sometimes you either have it or you don't. It doesn't matter if you do these things, you, you'll become it. There's, I, I think some players have it and, and some players never will. Yeah, there, there's a moment yeah. – oh, I just actually – while I was waiting um, to do the podcast slides, they had the replay of the South's uh, Parramatta game on. And right at the end of the game, the game's lost. There's not like Parramatta can't win it, but uh, the Damien Cook try. Now, if you recall, it was a little grubber for himself, 30 or 40 meters out from his own line by Moses. And he gets through and there's a bit of a challenge in the ball with Cody Walker and the refs there. And Moses basically takes himself out, then takes himself out on the ref. And the ball pops up and Cook picks it up at halfway. And these are the things that I look for that if I'm going to go, whether I, I believe you've got it or not from your competitive standpoint, Moses, as he's falling, is already remonstrating to the ref like, who took me out? Penalty, penalty, penalty. And the ball bounces up about five yards from him and Cook picks it up and starts running in that direction. And Mitchell Moses has turned around the ref going like this. He's completely given up on the live play because he wants the penalty. Mm. If you recall, mm. Damien Cook then runs around the outside, beats Sean Lane, beats Takarangi, goes up the outside, steps back inside Gutherson and scores. Mitchell Moses is back near 40 metre line, still lamenting that he didn't get a penalty. Now, admittedly, the game was out of mathematical reach at that stage, but they're the kind of players that I go, I don't care how much talent you've got. You've, you've, you've got to track down that play because ultimately it's your kick that created the, the turnover anyway. And, and it's stuff like that that I don't like about players, not just Mitchell Moses, but it's like, then you got, I mean, Gutho obviously had a bit of a, a shocker at, at that stage to let the try in, but he's the one that's racing across. Dylan Brown is on one leg and you can see he's hobbling into the defensive line when Cook picks the ball up and then he just goes into a sprint to try and catch him. Can't catch him, but he doesn't give up on the play. I don't know, but they're the, they're the things that I don't care how much talent you got. And, and I know Joey and, and the like often talk about it. Um, it's, that, it's that competitive nature that's that will to win that, that yep. ultimately will make a big difference in, in games like that. Um, and mm. so that's where Mitchell Moses is at. Parramatta's season, lads. Um, is it really just the first eight rounds of, of hype slash magnificence and then a bit of nothingness after that? That's how it feels for me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel like it was a bit like that. I, although I think it was longer. I think it was more than eight rounds. You know, I, I saw them lose some games they shouldn't have lost, but I, I think they're. You know, they're pretty consistent. What did they finish? Was it third, fourth? They were third. Okay. I mean, they, you know, if you finish third, you've got to be pretty consistent. It's it's not just eight rounds. But I, again, I, I just feel that they, they don't have a, a shift. They don't have a dynamic game plan. They tend to say, play the same game every week. And they don't have the players in the correct positions. I mean, Reid Marnie is a, is a shining light. But, you know, he ain't going to... He's not going to bring something to the game like a half can that'll spark, you know, uh, an, an attacking raid or anything like that. You know, he'll he'll do some good stuff out of dummy half, and I think he's he's a future, you know, 
leader of that team. Interestingly, um, just on Marnie quickly, he got replaced with 13 minutes to go. Didn't see the field. Yeah, that was a bit. That was a bit of a weird rain to pull, wasn't it? Mm. Um, it yeah, yeah. There was a couple of weird coaching things, but I'm not sure why he was changed. But yeah, look, I, I don't think I, I don't know about what you guys, but I, I don't think that they have the cattle in in those creative positions to go the next step at this point in time. And and I think I think Dylan Brown could be one of those guys, but he seems to be, he's a young guy and he's been injured a fair bit. Yeah, in the last, oh, he's been on one leg so. since he came back. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Matty? Uh, in regards to para season, or yeah, yeah, just yeah, you know, good, bad, and different. Look, it's looking at it from a Broncos fan. Eh, it was a great season, really, when you look <laughs> at it from where I'm looking at it at the moment. But Sometimes I, I know these seasons are more frustrating than, honestly, the, the type of year that the Broncos had where, yeah. you look, you put yourself in a position to go all the way, then to go out and how you did. Like, I, I look back on some of those Broncos years where we had similar years, and they're, they're by more yeah. the most... They're the frustrating ones. Yeah. They're, they're the ones. This year is just a write-off for the Bronx. But those, that year like Parramatta had where they had real glimpses of, of brilliance. You're like, oh, geez, we really... And we've spoke about it so many times about windows and premiership windows and those opportunities to to win a premiership. Like, I, I think this was a chance with everything going on for, for Parramatta to possibly have gone all the way. And mm. it's kind of... And Rob's spoke about a few of those, you know, their, their game plan doesn't, doesn't change. They kind of offer up the same thing every week, which was which was good and, and great in patches. But, yeah, I, I really think it's a year that could have been for Parramatta. Yeah, you take two things out of the two semifinals uh, for Parra. One is they led both games by double digits and they lost. And then they scored 24 points and conceded in the 30s in both semifinals. That's, yeah, you're not, you're not getting it done on either level. If you're scoring 24 points in semifinal, you should be winning. You really should. Yep. Uh, and so they're gone. The other team, lads, uh, which is the team that we all sort of didn't really want to admit were gone when they got done by the Bunnies a few weeks ago, and that's the Roosters. And, and we discussed this fairly extensively, uh, um, uh, Rob, sorry, on the way back from Canberra, just around the mental sort of fatigue side. It, it's looking like it's pretty much it. And then Robinson in the, in the press conference uh, admit that he pulled some wrong reins. Uh, there is a, certainly a team selection for that game that we were all a little bit surprised at. But just the mental aspect for the Roosters, you, you watch them go down 16-0 against Canberra and a team like that, you still can't say it's, it's going to be over. Uh, and they ultimately got with a couple of... Uh, that tackle from Nickel Clockstad on uh, Josh Morris from, from tying it up or potentially going ahead. The Roosters, everyone is saying, who's in the media, which is what you, I guess you're paid to do is hype things up, but they're all saying dynasty over for the Chooks. Before we get into the Raiders game, right now is the dynasty over for the uh, two-time defending champions who are now out of it. Uh, is the dynasty over or can they come back next year, win it and, and extend the, the mantle as a dynasty? What are your thoughts? Oh, I, 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 I think yeah, I, I, that's, that's a class team that, that just look both mentally and physically exhausted throughout the year. They had a stack of injuries. They just kept fronting up week in, week out, winning football games. They looked shot against Canberra. The Raiders 
played a fantastic game and just couldn't put them away right yep. until the end. It took a, a clanger from arguably one of the top three he's, players in, in football. He's the best player he, he in the game, the, yeah. You know, in the, for the rest of his career, oh, they're, they're far from over while they've got that, that core and, and the, the, um, the coach as well, I think, brings so much. So, no, no, definitely not. No. Rob? Mm. No, I, I agree with, with Matty there. Um, the only thing that worries me about the Roosters at the moment, and, and I shouldn't be worried about it because they're recruiting uh, and development is all, well, what development they do, which is buying players from South. Uh, is always been pretty spot on. You know yeah. what I mean? They do buy players really well. I know they do uh, develop players as well. But I, I think I'm, I'm a bit weirded out by a couple of things. Um, not weirded out. I think they've, they've got a little bit of an ageing roster, obviously. They're, they're going to have to, you know, move some a couple of players on. I know that there's a couple that are retiring. Uh, but I, I think the future's pretty bright with players like Sam Verrills. Um, who will come back next year and, and um, what's his name? Lussick, um, the young, young Lussick, yeah, uh, another, another good player. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit of a question mark over me with, with young Flanagan, mm. um, who can certainly kick a goal, but has an issue with defence uh, and, and every team in the NRL knows it um, and target him. And they can, he tends to leak a little bit um, I think they pulled the wrong rein this year with with uh, Sonny Bill. Okay. I think it. I, I've got a feeling that it. They would never say it because they're such a tight group. But uh, I, I would if, if I was there, I would. Have, my nose would be a little bit out of joint um, if I missed out on a a final and been playing all year for someone to swan in and and play five games and. Um, even though we use Sonny Bill Williams, he's not the same Sonny Bill Williams we saw last time he had a foray into rugby league. Yeah, which was seven um, years ago or six years ago. Yeah, and, and certainly not the same guy that, that started with um, uh, the Bulldogs all those years ago. So, uh, you know, I think that might have been a little bit of a wrong reign for Coach just, Robinson. Just on that, Paul. as you say that, it's not necessarily what I believe, but it's just a, a, a expanding on what you're saying. Do you think the players who had won two comps in a row are kind of going, well, why do we need him? Oh, well, that's that's what I would have been thinking, and I would have thought. Mm. And I know that I know that they had some injuries, so kind of you know it, it kind of worked out that not too many players missed out. Um, but I think they looked a better team the week before at Penrith um, than they did this week. Just gone. Um, they're very tired, though. You know, they they're very tired, and and, and they play a, a pretty high energy kind of game. But I think while ever they've got Tedesco and Kiri um, in that team and they've got those good forwards um, in the middle, like I know that Takiyo got, got injured the other night and will probably be out for uh, probably at least the first quarter or third of next season if it is an ACL. Hmm. Uh, was it an ACL, by the way? Did we for find who? out? Sorry? Takiyo. Oh, I haven't seen anything say ACL. I thought it was just a, it was in his knee, but it wasn't. I don't think it was a like a... ACL. Not an ACL? I don't think so. Okay. Because on TV, they were saying it was an ACL. Uh, but anyway, um, no, I don't think that, I don't think it's over for them, mate. I, don't, I think they've mm. still got a window for next year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a bit of sensationalism from our journalists. They love yeah, it. I, my whole thing is, you know, people talk about, oh, this team is definitely in the top eight next year. And I'm like, well, okay, hold the, hold the phone for a second. Who's missing out from the top eight to make that spot open? And that's the same thing with the premiership uh, window, you know. 
I can't say that the Roosters are going to be out of the mix of the top four teams next year. It's just insane. Uh, so sure. no dramas there. Now, boys, we have a <laughs> timer ticking down on my uh, <laughs> um, Zoom at the moment saying that I've got eight minutes before this meeting ends. Um, now, we did potter around for a long time earlier, Rob and I. So what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to take a break. I'm going to restart the Zoom meeting and we'll uh, get into a bit of origin talk because I know these boys cannot wait to uh, sink their teeth into some New South Wales and Queensland deliciousness. Uh, we're back after the break here on The Footy Show. The Footy Show. Show. Yeah, you've got to announce that it's daylight saving time when you send requests. To <laughs> I, I'd completely forgotten. I'll be honest. So, so would I. I totally thought, well, yeah, this will be sweet. Didn't, didn't even register on my radar that um, you were remotely different now. So, all right. Well, let's get going, boys. I'll try and keep this to half a row. Oh, I bet you can't, but that'd be good. <laughs> it'd be fantastic. All right. Okay, we're back. It's episode 223 of Not The Footy Show. Warwick Nicholson, Roberto Cocksmith, and Matthew Duncan, the LA Lakers super fan. Uh, once again, how did you avoid the authorities at Staples Centre the other night, mate? Um, oh, I'm very, I'm very sneaky. Mm. I'm very sneaky. Yeah, I can get around. Um, speaking of avoiding uh, things, uh, how are you going to avoid a three 0 whitewash in the Origin in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, look, that's going to be that's going to be pretty tricky. Um, Queensland down on troops, but we'll just have to channel the spirit of uh, 1995. Um, that's Keeps getting thrown around. They remember 1995. We keep saying up here in Queensland. <laughs> when the crushes came in, that's why. That's why I remember 95. Such a monumental day in uh, Queensland rugby league. Uh, fantastic, uh, mate. You've got some issues picking a team um, yeah. coming up. Can we have? Can we have Kiri back? <laughs> well, doesn't he want to play for Queensland? Isn't that the? Isn't no, that the chat? Yeah, this kind of works, you know. Uh, now, according to the grapevine, Mr. Roberto Cocksmith, uh, he may actually be available to play uh, for Queensland. Uh, we got asked a question from a listener, Rick Alsop. He's basically asked us, will Jack Whiten get the New South Wales number six jersey over Luke Keary and Cocksmith? Mail. You have some mail. Deliver it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I think he will be the six. Um the only thing that sways me to believe he may not be the six is our lack of depth in the centres at the moment, um, mm. which may push him to back to the centre where he played last year. Uh, but, yeah, I, I did hear a whisper that um, the intention is possibly to play Whiten at six and Kiri on the bench. So that means that you would have potentially King Gutho at left centre, which if you're going to pick him in the centres, you pick him on the left side because he that's where he set up, sets up all his tries for Parramatta. And then Zach Lomax at right centre, if that's what you do. Uh, my investment... Yeah, where are all the, where, sorry, Wiles, yeah, where are the centres? Because we've got no centres either. <laughs> well, mm. you guys are faced with uh, the Himmel-Hunt-Brinko-Lee combination coming up. Yeah. Where, mm. where, are all our, where, where are the centres in rugby league gone? Uh, they got old. By back rowers, aren't they? Yeah. Back rowers. They got old. Of, I think. From, like, they get all the ball now. So why do you need centres that are actually any good? No. Good point. Continue. Uh, I, I was having this chat with Rob before you came on, Matty, um, and I just think you get the same kind of impact from the same kind of game from Jack White, and if he's in the left centre spot as he is playing left five eight sort of thing in terms of the side of the field. Whereas Kiri, he'll be all over the field and he'll be terrorising Queensland um, from start to finish. 
I can't pick Jack White at six ahead of Luke Keary. I, I just cannot do it. I think uh, New South Wales were very lucky that they had James Maloney ultimately to come into the team last year to re- replace the mistake that was Cody Walker in game one. Uh, Keary unavailable because of his concussions. I think it's a no-brainer and you pick Keary because I think it just makes your team ultimately that much more dangerous and it makes other players that much more dangerous. Jack Whiten, as good as he's been going and as great as he's been for the last sort of 18 months to two years, um, he makes Jack Whiten very, very good. Kiri makes the other players even better. And as a New South Wales fan, and if I could say anything to Chief uh, Confidant, Advisor, Selector, Captain Snooze or Sleep Doctor, whatever I call him, Greg Alexander, it's that um, Jack Whiten's pretty good, but he's also pretty good at centre. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. It worked a treat last year, replacing uh, Latrell Mitchell, who is the best centre in the game, even though he played uh, fullback all year. Uh, I just think it's a, it's a no-brainer. You go Kiri at six. What would you do, Matty? I mean, you obviously have an investment in, I'd love to see this guy play six because it gives us a chance. What's your thoughts? Um, Mitchell Moses at six. <laughs> play him in the front row. Yeah, nah, no, look, no. I, but as a Queensland, like as a impartial rugby league fan, I, I, I couldn't believe it's even a conversation. I, I Kiri's the best six going around. I, I think he's got to be, he's got to be the six. It's funny because Joey Johns, who we all know, could play a little bit. He's he's going on about this theory that he thinks that Kiri's more of a halfback than a five-eight. I don't understand, and look, Joey's up here and we're not even in the picture, but I don't understand this obsession with making the seven has to be the, the conductor has to be the only, you know, guy touching the ball all the time. Cause Kiri has proven in the last two years that he can do that at six and be the bigger playmaker than the seven as, as great as Cooper Cronk was those last two years. Kiri's the playmaker along with Tedesco. It, it wasn't Cooper Cronk. I just think you, you, as, as, well has Cleary has developed this year and he has. Um, and he was much more of a complimentary piece last year for the Blues. I just don't see why you wouldn't want another dynamic ball player in, in your back line. It, mm. I, I think where Joey gets that from, mate, is that, you know, when you look at, when you do look at most of the six and seven, seven and six combinations, the seven has been the creative ball player and the six has been the runner uh, almost like a quasi center mm. that plays next to the you know and we, are, we obviously play very different these days with left and right sides so uh, it's not often that the half and five eight get together um, so I think more these days it's okay to have uh, a creative player on each side um, but I actually agree with I think I think Cleary is more of a six Okay. And Kiri is more of a seven, if you're putting them into those categories. But they can obviously they could obviously play alongside each other as long as they complement each other. I don't think they've ever played together, so we don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but if you look at Cleary and Jerome Lawai, um, Jerome Lawai is a pretty creative little player, and you know, along along the same lines as Kiri. So. Um, yeah, I think I do agree with with Joey fundamentally there. But um, look, I think Kiri's one of the most dangerous and exciting players. You saw that the little comeback that the Roosters had the other night when they fought back towards the end of the game, and uh, I'm fairly sure that you know 
you might have not been sitting in your seat all that comfortably, given that the way they were coming at the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, until they got out to that eight point, a bit more than eight point buffer, it was a little bit scary. Um, and they've got that. They've got the they've got the ability to do that. Or, and Kiri, mostly on the back of what Kiri does, you know, that those um, raids down down short sides and stuff like that. So uh, I, I agree. I think he's one of the most dangerous players in the world. What really scared me on the other night, and I knew it was coming because the Roosters they've got pedigree but for all the passes that didn't stick it didn't stop them going back to those players and mm. so many teams would go oh it didn't work a couple of times oh we'll just we'll, we'll tighten it up and we'll just play through the mm. middle the Roosters mm. actually played some pretty entertaining and dangerous football the other night it took some special efforts from the Raiders to stop them mm. and I just go you've got the Tedesco Kiri combination if you play them together I, I don't know why yeah. you wouldn't want to have that um Sweeping around both sides of the ruck. Uh, quickly to the, uh, I lost my pen. Uh, quickly to the uh, actual, uh, I think it's the 15 players or 13 players that have been picked for the Blues. I'm just going to go through them for you guys Nathan Brown, Campbell Gillard, Boyd Cordner, Angus Crichton, Tyson Frizzell, Clinton Gutherson, Payne Haas, Luke Keary, Zach Lomax, Cam McInnes, Junior Paulo, Daniel Sofidi, Tedesco, Jake Trebojevic, and Daniel Tupu. Uh, Freddie's definitely. Um, He's made some decisions, and, and ultimately that's cost uh, Wade Graham, Tarek Sims, David Clemmer, Paul Vaughan their spots. They were incumbents, and they're gone. Maloney is in France, so there's going to be some changes for this week, this, this season. That There's 27 players to be picked, which doesn't mean anybody is, is locked in. So this Gutherson talk is going to be a, a centre. No guarantees yet. I, I just think that everyone's got to just relax for a second and realise that over a three-game series that's played over, what is it, 14 days, we're going to get some changes game to game. Uh, and, and the issue I guess bring up in regards to you, Matty, is that Phil on 17 might be a tough enough, let alone 27. Oh, absolutely. It's just going to be tough. Like, I'm not even joking. I just went checking where my boots were, just in case. Because <laughs> I'm really myself out here, Dale, Dale Shearer style. Um, uh, never officially announced his retirement. So always, always ready. Available. Always available. So it's um, yeah, it's it's a it's a going to be an interesting team. So, well, your your shortlist, and I noticed that there's been no players added from the weekend's two losing teams, which may just be a QRL um, staffing issue, or it could be, I don't know, I the none of the players from the um, Eels or the Roosters are there, but you would have thought that. Um, Lindsay Collins would be in that squad, but the squad you've got and by hookers as well from me, yeah, Marnie and friend, yeah, yeah. Uh, the squad so far, according to the website, is Arrow, Brimson, Fodawaker, Phil Sammy, Holmes, Hess, Coates, Carrigan, Lee, Himmel Hunt, Ponga, who's now out, um, Ben Hunt, Josh Kerr, Harry Grant, and Daly Cherry Evans. The good news for you is that Cherry Evans is going to be there, so he'll be your halfback, yeah. It'll be halfback. You yeah. imagine that the hooker thing will be, probably be a rotation between Grant and Hunt. Do you think that's what's going to be? Um, I think it comes down to now what happens with Munster. Um, okay. There's some talk that Munster, if he goes for surgery, be unavailable. I honestly think if my preference would be for Grant um, friend, but I think they will okay. go friend Hunt. If that was, if that's, if if Munster is available, if not, I, I think they'll play Hunt by the way. Okay, Rob, what would you do if you were Queensland? 
try and move heaven and earth and get Cameron Smith to play. <laughs> but yeah, ironically right, enough, their, their deepest position probably going into this series. Will yeah, be that, I know, that, I know. Okay. But you, 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 you could, you, uh, just to have Smith on the field, I think lifts them, um, you know, uh, another, another level. You know, he can lead, he's the best leader in the comp, best leader in the world. Um, so, yeah, I just I wonder. I wonder if they win, lose, whatever happens this week or next week. I wonder if he can be talked into one more last hurrah. I mean, he's up there. He's in Queensland. He'll be near the bubble. Won't be having to travel from Melbourne. Mm. You know. So, but anyway, given the players they've chosen, um, uh, yeah, I, I, geez, I think, I think Harry Grant would be my choice at hooker, and. Um, Ben Hunt, either on the bench or, you know, depending on what, what Cameron Munster's up to. Yeah. Um, maybe play him at six, you know. Yeah, it's, it's just slim pickings for Queensland, especially in the three-quarter line. Um, it's unfortunate, isn't it, really? I mean, I... I means Brimson's going to be fullback. Or Val Holmes. Would you pick, who would you pick, Matty? Just quickly, Val Holmes or Brimson? Well, Val Holmes will be there for game one, will he? I think ah, suspended, to... yes, that's correct. Brimson's a moral to be the fullback. I'd say so. Just there's literally no other other option unless we bring Darius for, for one more run. But um, <laughs> it, 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 um, it's got to be Brimson because there's there's literally no other option for that one. And I know you probably haven't had to give it a, a, a strong look, but what is the three quarter line going to look like? Who is a, who's locked in to be in that three quarter line if Holmes is isn't there obviously in game one? Agai will be there somewhere. Yep. Yeah. And then that's picked. Yeah. Put a names in the hat and pull out three other players to, to play there with him. Like it's what we're going to have Edric Lee. Mm. Xavier Coates. Well, Coates isn't ready. No, I don't. Oh. He hasn't been uh, trying to run on, uh, train on teams anyway. I don't think. No, he's, so, in, he's in that squad. He's in oh, that. He's he, in the squad, he made it. He was, he was going to be not available. So, um, Let's just go all in Lees. Let's just go Brinko and, and Edric. Just lead it right The cousins. Up. The cousins. Bring, bring Phil Lee out of retirement. Yeah, Brett Lee's available. Shane Lee's available. Oh, I, wasn't there like a Confederate general? Robert E. Lee, get him out there. The general Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But, but in, in all reality, who are they going to pick in the centres? I mean, honestly. Gagai. Brinko and Gagai. Or Gagai will play wing. They'll play him on the wing. They won't play you think? him in the centre. Okay. Brinko and who was the other one you said before? Himmel Hunt, who played the wing the whole year. And they might play Hunt on the wing and Gagai in the centres. Phil Sammy. Um, he's, a, he's a specialist winger. Um, um, it's a massive concern if you... Ronaldo? Oh, it is. Be on the Who's that? Ronaldo? Oh, oh yeah. Taylor. yeah. Well, he didn't make the squad and they've been knocked out. Or maybe, maybe he has. Maybe, maybe, maybe just the website, the QR website's just not updated. Yeah. That could, that could be it. Maybe, Benny, maybe Benny's playing Ducks and Drakes as well, mate. We know he likes to keep... You know, the mind game's going and this will be... Well, you'd think you know, the one player that I reckon is almost immoral to make the squad now would be Jaden Sewer. If yeah, Sewer. If Benny's taken over, um, yep. which he has. Yep. Um, is Corey Allen a chance? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I he like knows Corey him. Allen he knows him. He, he can play anywhere in the back line other than six or seven. I, so. I, reckon, with, I reckon with Bennett and Coach, I think we'll see Corey Allen in the, in the 17. There's definitely some, some question marks for Queenslander, just fill a team and New South Wales. 
I guess my, my viewpoint is just don't stuff it up, Freddie. You stuffed it up for game one last year. Well, listen to you, old sleep doctor. Don't do it again. Uh, we will get oh, to our tips for the prelims. Words. Sorry, mate. Stern words from Wazza. Don't stuff it up, Freddie. Yep. You know, one, two in a row, but don't stuff it up. Well, he almost wow. didn't last year. We yeah, but it's, it's not Kebby anymore. That's our one thing. We've got the Messiah back. You're not, <laughs> play, you're not playing against Kebby Walters now. You're, it's, it's the real deal now. Uh, we actually brought this up uh, the other week, Maddie, uh, and the question was, two cu- couple of things about Kevy Walters. Can he say the, the words New South Wales anymore now? Is he allowed? Is he officially allowed to say New South Wales? Good point, yes. And, uh, and following that, if he stays around the uh, coach whisperer, is he allowed to say any of the team names of the 15 other clubs? No, they're all in the bin. They can't say any of those anymore. None, so, of, them. None of them. Heavy. Do you reckon if he's playing the Gold Coast, they'll just call you call them the Giants or the Seagulls or the Chargers just as a way of getting around it? Surely he calls them what every other journalist calls them, little little brother. Little, little brother. brother. He finished well above uh, Big Brother. Uh, do, do you, Matty? Do you think do you think Kevy's going to be the saviour of the Broncos, mate? No, no. I think we <laughs> probably could go backwards, which is a big effort for a team that run last. But anyway. <laughs> How long will he last, mate? When, when will we see the, the back of Kevy at the Broncos? Oh, I think, you'll get, I think you'll get two years and that'll be it. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. There's a chance he gets 12 I, months. I agree. It really is. Yeah, it could be. It, it could be. It, yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not good. The only thing good out of it, that he's not catching Queensland. <laughs> says a lot, doesn't I, it? I, I reckon you, Bellyache will coach that team. Billy Oak will be at Brisbane Broncos. Yeah. yeah I, at, I, at some stage, he will be. Trust me. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he openly said, he goes, I don't want to coach, like be the head yeah. coach anymore, but I'm, I'm well and truly open to the idea as being a coaching director where I do like half the work and get... I, he won't be a coach, but he'll have a, a decent puppet that will be his, that will do and say everything that Bellamy wants him to say. And he'll be there in the background, whether it be a... Someone that's played under his system, like a Riles or someone, someone along that that's that's been under him previously. Um, I'd, yeah. I'd say will be that that'll be who, who it will be. So, uh, just would, it, would, it be a, would it be a hold on? Would it be a, a puppet called Cam? I thought I thought that, but yeah, I and that that would be interesting. But I I couldn't. Yeah, I, I've considered that. I've considered that, mm. but yeah. Interesting times, anyway. I just don't see Cam yeah. going to Brisbane unless he's going to play. Because Cam, Cam likes a, a bit of recognition. So if he's going to Brisbane, he's going there to play and turn everything around. I don't yeah. think he's going there to be a coach. Not straight yeah. away. Well, no. has, he, has he officially said he's going to retire this year yet? He there was a report on Friday it? that yeah. never got substantiated. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks. Maybe. We will. He is a chance for the players' champion, however, which is the player-voted uh, Dally M, effectively. And they announced their, their shortlist the other day. And, boys, I'm going to read out... The, the, the criteria, basically, is that the club nominates for uh, three players uh, from their club as their best player for the year. Um, and then there's votes that have been done throughout the year. So it must have to take into consideration uh, opposition's voting. Uh, and then there's a player that is picked as like a uh, fill the gap kind of idea. If someone who's had a great season doesn't make it on that, that top three list, I'm going to name you the players that missed out on making this 64 man uh, shortlist. And you basically tell me 
whether you think they that the system just obviously is broken because um, James Fisher Harris didn't make the Panthers final four. Uh, Mitchell Pierce didn't make Newcastle's final four. Jerome Luai didn't make Penrith's final four. Dylan Brown didn't make Parramatta's final four. Adam Reynolds didn't make South Sydney's uh, final four. But the number one player that I think, I don't know how this system missed this guy. Cody Walker is not on the final four for the Rabbitohs and not in the 64 best players, apparently, from 2020. How does this happen, lads? No, I don't know. Why, why, just got to bin it. It's ridiculous. That's just absurd. So apparently Tom Burgess, Dane Gagai, Campbell Graham and Jaden Sewer had better years than uh, Adam that, Reynolds and Cody Walker. That's Call him. I don't know what contacts you've still got, but call someone. Get rid of that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's BS, mate. I, I, just, I think Adam Reynolds, you know, I mean, Adam Reynolds played a little bit like he wanted to be in a dinner suit there for a while, but mm. his, his kicking game kept him in games. And, and then Cody Walker with his attacking brilliance uh, won games for them. So, yeah, wrong. Yeah. Uh, it sort of just makes a bit of a mockery is a hard word, but yeah, it sort of takes the, the shine off it a little bit um, when you look at that. I mean, there's some players that obviously should be there. Um, but yeah, it's a real, it's a strange way that the, the system works. Um, uh, at the moment, if I had, you had to give me a top three for the for the season, lads, who would have you gone with? The best player in twenty twenty. You first, Matty. To be the Pengai Junior. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Darius Boyd and <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and what's his name? The Milf. Three of the best. <laughs> or I'll Milf. Oh, well, who, who would you go, Was Who would be your three? Uh, Cam Smith's up there. Nathan Cleary. And the third one's tough. Um, I still reckon Teddy had a pretty fantastic season. Tedesco would have been my um, one. I can't put Pappy, Pappenhausen ahead of um, Cam. Harry Grant tapered off there across the course of the year. Um, I'm just having to scroll through who they chose. Um... I don't think there's another player that absolutely stands out um, from the mix. Yeah, I, I think it's those three. It's Teddy, Cam Smith, and, and Nathan Cleary. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I can't find any three better than those three. Some people will push the, the old Gutho Barrow, but as I said, I, I think their yeah, second half of the year just, was pretty ordinary. They're just toothless Parramatta fans, mate. Who cares? Let's be honest. Harsh words from the super coach. I like it. Not the footy show. Show? Sonny, a pretty tough way to go out. That looks like a really brutal game. Yes, uh, very tough. Obviously, you know, we didn't want the season's foot to come to an end tonight. Um, but like I said to a couple of the young fellas, that's just the way stories go sometimes. That's the way stories, fairy tales finish a chapter. So it gives them that hunger for next year, you know. So um, I'm a big believer in keeping the glass half full. Uh, I get to go home to my beautiful wife and four young kids tonight, so I'm looking forward to that. But um, yeah, it's been a pleasure coming back and playing with the, with the lads again. Time to get prelim finals tips, lads. We've waited till right at the end of the show to get people uh, what we think is going to happen on the weekend. On um, Friday night, it's Canberra heading to Suncorp Stadium to take on Melbourne, and there'll be about three Canberra fans there. So big advantage for Melbourne. Um, what are we thinking? Assuming Cam Munster plays, what's your tip? Um, assuming Cam Munster plays, I say Melbourne win. And I say Melbourne win by 
I don't. I think. Yeah, I think probably by 10, 10 points. Um, I just, I just think that that the grind of Melbourne and their experience, uh, and and probably the longing to give Smith the fairy tale ending might be enough to to get get them through. I don't think look the Raiders aren't going to roll over and die though. They don't anymore. They did yeah. for a couple of years yeah. there, but they just don't do that anymore. Um, they've really, you know, they've really strengthened up. But that's what I reckon, mate. I reckon Melbourne with Munster. Now without Munster, I think it's a different story. I'll go the Raiders okay. uh, without Munster and probably by, by four or six. So I think there's, you know, there's 14 to 16 points in having Munster there, to be honest with you. Matty? Can't split them all. I, I really can't. I, I've, whoever wins it, I said at the start of the podcast, will go on and win the whole thing. This is the strongest side. I don't know who wins it. It'll either go to Golden Point or it'll be a field goal just before full time. I'm going, I'm not giving a prediction, except that'll be no more than one point splitting the sides when the siren goes. Okay, so basically Matty's just said two teams will take the field on Friday night and that's your prediction. Well done. I like it. (laughs) And then... What about... Have a bet. Take uh, the game to go golden points. Be about twenty one dollars. That's oh, better value team. So get a get a tenner on it. What about you, Was? What's going to happen, mate? And the issue I've got: the head, if Cam Munster plays, he's not going to be one hundred percent. There's no. So you want? Well, I, I'm just saying. I, I don't think he's going to be a fourteen point difference. I understand what you're coming from, Rob. But if he's if his knee's not one hundred percent, he's not going to have that same impact because he's. Yeah. Danger is when he, when he runs the ball. So, I'm not saying he's going to score 14 points. I just think they're a 14 point better team um, with him in the team. Hmm. I mean, obviously, the, the big factor for me is is what happens in regards to how Canberra want to play it. If they play through the middle and they want to go to the grind, which Ricky does against good sides, he just has this obsession with sort of matching it blow for blow. I think that plays into Melbourne's hands because uh, it brings Cameron Smith into complete dominance over the ball when he's got the ball and when, he's, when he doesn't have it um, in defence. And, and he is the, the difference maker in this game. So the Cam Munster thing isn't as big a deal for me. It, it's more if Canberra decide to just try and bash up the middle against what is a Melbourne pack that is just delicious. I mean, their bench, it, it'll either be a Sofa Solomona, Big Tino, Finnecane potentially coming back. Welch, like Bromwich, the two back rowers, like that they're built to play through the middle. And if Canberra decide that's what they want to do, where Canberra are going to fall apart or fall down, is the B team for Canberra in the middle is just, it's a big step down. Whereas I don't think that's the same case for, for Melbourne. Um, mm. And it's a case of, and my hot mate actually said it to me the other day, he goes, you know, the, the period of time when Papali's off the field. Um, that's huge because if, if Canberra don't have a lead or aren't really in the game when Papa's on the field, the moment he goes off and gets his 20-minute break, um, the game could just be broken wide open by Melbourne. Right now, I'm going Melbourne. Uh, Cam Smith, just just too good. Um, Canberra decided to play some football and then try and expose what I think is really ordinary edge defence for Melbourne. I'd be all after Brenko Lee and uh, Vinovalo on the right and um, Addo Carr and Justin Olam on the left, I would just be running the ball at them all night, kicking to them, turning them around, just not giving them a break because they make bad reads in defence. They just do. 
having said that, so does Jordan Rapana and Nick Kotrick on the right and Jared Croker and Sammy Bamelmeyer on the left. I mean, if I'm doing the coaching, I've added places that I'm targeting because I think both teams are pretty good in the middle. I think Melbourne are slightly better. So at the moment, I'm going Melbourne by two. Do you think the Raiders are a better team in 2020 than they were in 2019? Can you ask me in a couple of weeks, potentially? <laughs> um, we, we've, we've played some, some more... What's the word? Actually, let me, let me go back. I'm, the last time we played Melbourne, okay, going into that match is the first time for nearly 30 years or 25 years that I've sat there and gone my team, the Raiders, is going to beat a team that everyone considers better than them. I felt very confident about that. We went out and played a, a performance down in Melbourne. It's the first game after COVID, I think it was. And we just played superbly. We haven't played to that level since. As much as we've had some games where we've put moments on, even the other night, 16-0 really should have been 22 or 24, given the ball we had. And even the second half, when it was 16-6, it took us a long time to get that next try. And we had a lot of possession. My, my concern remains with Ricky. I, I don't think we are as attacking as I'd like us to be in the, in the attacking 20. Starling's definitely added something to us. So part of me says yes, simply because I think we've learned a lot from the way last year and what it took to get to the GF. Um, but I know Matt said it before and, and Rob, you've definitely said it, but this competition, you just got to put a couple of good weeks together at the pointy end. And um, yeah, the, the, the comp's there to be taken. I mean, Matt, you know that the, NBA season obviously was a little bit different this year. And in the end, the, the Lakers who, what, a month ago weren't even going to play in the tournament anymore. They decided they weren't playing right. anymore. And then yep. they came around and they've, they've won a, a title. So, look, I think we are possibly better. Um, I would prefer to have Josh Hodgson there, obviously, given the quality that he can be. But, yeah, I, I think the game comes down to what Ricky decides to do on Friday night. I, I, as an impartial observer looking from last year to this year, I, there just seems to be a self-belief in those Raiders. They, they, there was a confidence last year, but this year it's more of a self-belief. We got to the grand final this year. We're, we are good enough to be here. I, I, I just I, I like what I see in them this year, Canberra. And, I'm and changing my team. Canberra by <laughs> Ah, got him. Um, and, Canberra. And, and the, the thing is, the team that was better than them last year is, is gone. And they're the oh. ones that knocked them out. Uh, the other semi-final, or the other preliminary final, lads. Uh, South Sydney riding a crest of a wave. They certainly have momentum on their side, even if their performances in the first parts of matches haven't been wonderful the last month. Uh, they get the Mel- sorry, they get the Penrith Panthers. Uh, we did touch on this game a little bit more in depth earlier, but right now, lads, um, I need a tip: Penrith or South? Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to pick Penrith, but. It'll depend. It'll depend on whether Penrith are strong enough to not fall into the trap of playing at South's pace. Souths, Souths are especially good when they play quick, when they get rolls on, when they start to, you know, fatigue a team in the middle. If Penrith can slow the game down to their their tempo, Penrith will win. If they fall into the trap of trying to go you know, um, toe-to-toe with them. And I'm not talking about toe-to-toe and trying to bash them. I'm just talking, trying to up-tempo their game to South. They'll lose. Um, South in the last couple of weeks have been very good at lifting the tempo and holding it there. And teams just can't go with them. Um, And and 
you know, once they start to get a roll on, they start to go to those little edges and, and Cody Walker starts to do his magic there. And um, they're a scary team. They, they you know, don't, uh, halfway through this year, I wouldn't have said that. Mm. I didn't think that they were there. But in the last four or five weeks, they're a team that can out-attack any team. And they'll, they'll score, you know, they beat the Roosters by 60, 60 to 8. Um, when they can do that to the Roosters, um, they love. They can do that to any team if a yeah, team right. falls into that trap. So, um, but I still say Penrith and Penrith by eight. Matt, Souths were only at a couple of different times. They remind me of the two thousand and six Bennett coached Broncos. Just nothing all year. Just win some, lose some. Never look real impressed, uh, impressive. Come the pointy end of the season, on the back of some miraculous form by Justin Hodges, yep. when all the, the premiership, they just kind of had that same feel about them as that team's house. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I want Penrith to win, and I kind of love Canberra to win. So we see that Canberra versus Penrith for that that 1990s rugby league fan in me to see yep. that that kind of romantical type of 30-year anniversary game. But yep. I just think, I just got a feeling South are the team with it, which seems funny saying a team with momentum against a team that's <laughs> won a thousand in a row. Yeah. Um, I feel South are a team with a lot of momentum and, and momentum in, in finals football is everything. Mm. So South for you? South by six. I'm going Penrith and... It's a respect level as much as anything. I, I, I've seen a couple of performances from them this year where they were just spectacular. They ripped Canberra apart, I think, at about round 12 or 13 and really ripped them apart. And they played Manly the next week and they did exactly the same thing. Now, Manly obviously ended up having a pretty ordinary season, all things considered. But those two performances back-to-back, if they can bottle that, South won't get near them. But my concern with Penrith is always that they... One of the great things about the Roosters is that they rarely waste tackles in, in, in attack. They'll always, if they see an opportunity, they'll go for it. Penrith loves setting up. The inside ball from Nathan Cleary is the number one play on the Penrith um, dossier, so to speak. As Rob said, South can turn it on when they get some possession and they will turn it on big time. So Penrith cannot waste opportunities like they have in some games this year. They've ultimately been good enough to win but that's against lesser opposition. I'm going Penrith by one. I think we're getting the, the fairy tale Nathan Cleary uh, field goal in this one. But the biggest threat to uh, Penrith is Damian Cook and what he does around the rock because he is playing superb right now. He is the Damian Cook that we all know exists and is the best, in my view, nine. I think he is better than Cam Smith, even though Cam Smith has been awesome for obviously a longer period and the rest of it. But this, where it is right now, I think Cam Smith's the not best number nine in the comp. And He's the one that I'm worried about if I'm, I'm Penrith. Um, I'm going Penrith 1918. Uh, and I, yeah, I think it'd be Penrith Melbourne, which is a bit boring. Um, but that's the, the matchup that I think ends up. So Penrith from me. Interesting. Good work. Mm. Well, that's the podcast, lads. Um, we're about to get kicked off uh, Zoom again. Somehow that origin talk, it always just it makes everything just go ridiculously long. Cocksmith, you, you, I'm not talking about Origin again. We've got Origin in like three weeks' time. It's not happening. Until there is a game to talk about coming up like in two days' time, we're not talking about Origin again because it just kills mm. 
the length of the podcast, doesn't it? Well, you brought it up, mate. You brought it up. I, I was happy not to talk about it. You wanted to talk about it. Uh, very nice. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been Matty Duncan. Uh, Roberto Clocksmith, I've been Warwick Nicholson. You can get us at facebook.com slash NRL podcast at Mr. Peninsula for Matty at Rob Cox uh, on everywhere. And uh, I'm at NRL Tweet. We will speak to you next time. Uh, good to have some feedback on the show. If you liked it, you know, we did talk about a sponsor last week. What we've found out, Roberto, is that I've noticed you shaved this morning, but I don't know if you've shaved where this place wants you to shave. Uh, so. Oh, mate, if they're paying, I will. <laughs> Uh, we'll get in touch with them uh, this week. I don't know if you heard, Matty, but uh, we've been approached with a sponsorship. Um, and let's just say our beards aren't the things that are in danger. Oh, dear. <laughs> so uh, we'll speak to you next time on Not The Footy Show, everyone. Can I do the Pepsi? Finals. Sorry? Pepsi? You can do a Pepsi. Pepsi. Go for it, mate. Pepsi. See you later, everyone. Bye. Cheers, Cheers lads. Bye-bye. Love See you. Not The Footy Show. Show? Yes people's escape it's people's relaxation and we need to do everything in order to continue that great uh, tradition of i've got a five-year deal here pepsi